0: Wondering what questions you should ask yourself before you become a landlord? We're gonna tell you on today's episode of Real Talk Rentals. Welcome back to Real Talk Rentals, a podcast brought to you by OnQ Property Management. We're here to give you the behind the scenes scoop on all things residential rental properties. I'm Ben, I'm your host. With me as always, my co-host, Mr. Eric Dixon, go-to expert on all things rental property and real estate. And in this episode, we am going to do kind of a list. We want to talk about the top questions every landlord needs to ask themselves, whether they're a first-time investor, accidental landlord, or somewhere in between. These are the things you need to ask yourself, right? Yeah. So, Eric, you're perfect for this because in addition to property management, you're also a landlord and have been for a very long time. Um, so... Let's start it off then. What is the first question a landlord needs to ask themselves?
1: I feel like uh, in a previous episode, we talked about the why. (laughs) Like, why are you a property manager or why are you a landlord and in property management? um, So I think it's similar. It's asking yourself why do I want to be or why am I a landlord? So those that currently are, you got to ask yourself like, why am I doing this? Yeah. (laughs) And if you're not in the game yet, it's like, why do I want to? Do you want to do it? Because it's shiny and sexy and it's kind of the cool thing to do is buy rentals. Um, Or if you have rentals now, is it, are you doing it for, you know, do you have a purpose behind it? So I think when you ask yourself that, you think, Okay, why do I want to do it or why am I doing this? And uh, so we went through this exercise yesterday thinking, like, okay, why do I do it? And I look at it like, well, in 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you know, down the road when stuff is paid off and rents are higher than they are now and debts paid down, that's why I'm doing it, right? Like, at least the long term. Me, me personally, yeah, yeah it's a long term game. It's slow and steady, it's rocky. Um, but you know, at the same time, there's, there are benefits along the way, but the short term is, is rough. Like, you know, there, there are only so many deals that from day one, you're like, Oh yeah, this makes total sense. Sure. Usually you get into it and you're like, okay, there goes a ton of my cash wrapped up in this house. Oh, and a repair and getting it rent ready. And it's been vacant 30 days and whatever. So it is hard in the short term. You do have to have a long term perspective. So you got to ask yourself, you know, what am I doing it for? Um, time and time again, especially friends that are like reaching out to me, Hey, I want to buy a rental. I'm like, cool. Let's have a 20 minute conversation about what that looks like. And even if they're able to sock away a lot of money per month, right? They build that up, build it up, build it up. And then in one fell swoop, dude, it's all gone Yeah, the bet, down payment, closing costs and a reserve for the rental. And it's like all that's gone and it's not easily accessible cash anymore. You know, it's tied up into the house. You may have, a, you have a mortgage on the property. And you can't just say, "Oh man, uh, something happened. I need to pull that hundred grand back out." It's like, yeah, yeah you're kind of committed, dude.
0: Yeah, it's all tied up. Yeah,
1: you're, it's rented now. You know, it's hard. Even if we listed it occupied, you're going to take a loss plus commissions plus closing costs plus this. So it is a long term game. You need to realize that it's not a week to week or month to month investment. It's not flipping cryptocurrency on Robinhood or sure. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, throw, throwing something in the stock market that hey, if crap hits the fan, I can just sell it. You know, it's right. Like, you know, you'd have to fire sell it, and then it's uh, it's it's hard. The um, I don't know who said it. It's kind of just been ever since I've been in real estate. Uh, my last broker, broker friends of my mine, even in the office, we talk about buying real estate isn't about timing the market. It's about time in the market, and it really is. I mean, years three, five, ten, you really start you know getting the fruits of your labor of just being patient and right you know fixing the ha- fixing the repairs that are necessary and maybe your negative cash flow for a while but when interest rates drop you're like oh man i could refinance and i get all that money back or yeah you know whatever that looks like so um i feel like i could talk you or anybody into r- investing in real estate or talk you out of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> just just cuz dude there are some horrible stories yeah. that i've i've personally experienced we have landlords we manage for that they they kind of have no business being landlords they're whether they're accidental or they got into it with their eyes closed you know and then they're yeah. like, oh dude how do i get out of this and i'm like well we just signed at least three months ago so and they're there for a year or two so yeah or whatever so you know we could talk you in or out of it it's really that's kind of our job and one thing i love doing is talking to people and telling them the blunt truth and if they're still interested all right cool let's yeah. talk let's if started.
0: they if they know their why like you said, then when they hear that answer, you know, it'll inform their decision correctly. You know, if you're trying to talk them out of it and they say, hey, no, the reason why I'm doing this is I don't have a choice. I got to move. I can't sell this house right now. You know, I have to. Yeah,
1: and a lot of people, they kind of like in real estate into the same way you invest in like a 401k or an IRA. It's like, oh, I don't want to touch that until I'm 59 or until I retire when I'm 60, 70 years old, whatever it is. That needs to be your mindset with real estate too. Absolutely. And, and if the, the earlier you get started, let's say you get a 30-year mortgage on it, yeah, it may make sense. And you're like, dude, I'm going to time this just right. My tenant's going to pay off my house. And if I can float the difference, the negative cash flow yeah. or the expenses, I'm going to own this thing free and clear. And that's my retirement vehicle rather than socking away money in the 401k or whatever. So yeah. it, it just kind of depends. A lot of people just see what's you know the glitz and glamour of it and the sexiness of it. And it's like, Dude, it's not that. Yeah, i I'm, It's far from sexy. I've actually.
0: probably told this story before on the podcast, but um, I'm going to throw my brother-in-law under the bus one more <laughs> time here. Where he, uh, I, when he first married into the family, I remember we were all just hanging out with my wife's family, and he says, "You know, uh, when I'm done with college, I'm just going to buy three rentals, and I'm going to live off of that for the rest of my life. Like that's just going to be what I do for a job." And my father-in-law looks at him and goes i own 10 rentals and i don't make a dime off of them
1: <laughs> you know? like you know, after carrying
0: cost property
1: taxes you know, yeah it's it's a
0: good. long game it's like nobody you don't just buy it and then instantly you're like yeah. well this is it unless you're insanely lucky yeah
1: somehow. yeah and and you you can get lucky and like i said it's time in the market i've bought high i've bought low i've bought everywhere in between you know right now it's in 2023 you could justify that it's really expensive interest rates are high whatever it is but um i still bought a rental this year that's like yeah it's maybe it'll break even maybe negative but long term it's going to be it'll pay itself
0: if nothing else we've gotten some great podcast discussion out of this uh, rental you (laughs) bought i think it'll come up maybe even later in this episode again um all right. So then let's talk about next question. You you know your why. What's the second question you should be asking yourself?
1: So once you know like, hey, why am I here? Why do I want to? Then decide what kind of landlord am I? Meaning, am I a true investor? So if you don't own, own a rental right now and you actually go through the, the vetted steps of vetting a property, getting comps for sale and for rent, and I hired a property manager, I self-managed, and you put tons of thought and pre- prepared for it, you're an investor. Like you went into it like that. Right. A lot of another term we use is an accidental landlord, which is, I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios, right? You could inherit a property, you could get a job offer out of state, and it's like, oh, it doesn't make sense to sell my house, but I didn't really plan on being a landlord, but like, hey, opportunity came up. Right. Right. So I think you said uh, opportunistic or something. <laughs> yeah. Like an opportunity landlord or something. Yeah. Sometimes stuff just comes up. It's like, oh, dude, my father in law was good. He's going to sell me his house for way undervalued, like that's i didn't plan on this but i kind of got into it or whatever so the accidental landlord the difference is you didn't really necessarily plan long term that this was going to happen and it's like oh my wife and i wanted to go upgrade our house yeah and we're not selling our first house it's like well you're considered kind of an accidental landlord and then once you figure it out you kind of morph into an investor if you keep it long term and you you can manage it like that so it's kind of deciding what what um what which one am i And looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, "Hey, if I'm an accidental landlord, I need to figure this stuff out." (laughs) Yeah, you know, I can't just like, you know, shoot from the hip and then, you know, I'm negative cash flow. I've got repairs. I have no slush fund. And you're like, dude, I don't know how to do this. Yeah,
0: and it could be that you know, if you're an accidental landlord, you aren't in it for the long term. It could be like you said, the the example of you know, to another state. But you could be like, I want to come back to this state, though. This is where I want to live. And That's I'm gonna eventually I'm gonna come back to this house. Yeah, you know, and, and
1: for that you're like I'm basically not an investor necessarily, but I'm kind of that accidental landlord for one to five years or whatever. Yeah, like we're coming back. That's a different mindset. You're gonna treat the house differently. You're gonna do different things.
0: Absolutely. Then
1: you are if it's just like no, this is strictly an investment, or it's like hey, I'm just renting it out until I can sell it.
0: Yeah, like we absolutely have, we have
1: tons of uh, clients that bought in like the o three o four o five o six didn't sell before the bottom dropped out and now we're in past 2020 21 22 23 and prices are finally back over what they paid and they're just like get me out of here like i've been in this for 15 (laughs) years i've barely been breaking even i can finally make a profit yeah you know and they're just like get me out you know so it kind of just totally depends but i think it's good to understand which pot do i land in am i did i really start from i have a friend that just texted me that said hey i want to buy three rentals in the next few years He's going to be an investor from day one. He's going right. to do the research. He's going to save the cash. He's got set aside and he's going to buy one, two, three, and it's going to be a portfolio for the next 30, 50 years versus somebody that's like, hey, uh, my my parents, you know, we get it all the time. My parents passed away. My family inherited this house. Should yeah. I keep it as a rental or not? And it's kind of like, yeah. well, hey, you need, need to understand your risks and stuff like that.
0: And it's, and- a big difference too between the two is a lot of times when you're the accidental landlord, as we call it, um, you're not picking the property. The property yeah. picked you. No, that's right. That's you right. you are stuck with this house. Whereas an investor, your buddy, for instance, you know, I want three rentals. He's telling you, find me. Yeah, from Sorry, day, from day
1: one, we're looking at, hey, what's the perfect scenario for you? Yeah. yeah, versus, yeah, we we do have a lot, and we call them accidental, and it doesn't mean that you're not a true investor. It's really understanding how did you get it? Yeah, and it's like, oh, I didn't choose. I, my girlfriend and I got married. We both owned homes, and so we got married and moved in one house, and we're gonna rent this other one. Yeah, you accidentally became a landlord, but it's a wonderful opportunity at the same time. So yeah. Yeah, I, I actually maybe that's the better term for it is a uh, opportunity landlord. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we we say it all day long, and yeah, it's definitely not a negative. It's a, for a lot of people, it is the beginning of their investment journey. Yeah, totally. You know, they just fell into it, and then they say, "All right, after some time, this is paid down." Hey, can you guys find me another one?
1: And I would say most people's first rental is the first house they buy ever. They live in it, and then they move on to the next one and they just try and keep that one.
0: Yeah. It's and the it's most like, common.
1: And and that would be considered you yeah, had an opportunity landlord where it's like, hey, opportunity presented itself. We bought into a different house, bigger house, whatever it is, or we moved out of state and bought a place and we yeah. just held on to our our house short term. It's probably financially tough. It's like, dude, I have got two mortgages. I've got they're both, you know, both are vacant right when I move out. They're both vacant and yeah. I'm like, dude, I got got to carry both of these, but over time it's going to pay off. So Right.
0: All right. So next question, then third question that they need to ask. And this is a big one, especially for us.
1: Yeah. This is a, this is to plug a shameless plug, right? Yeah. But you got to ask yourself, am I going to self-manage this one, two, three houses, or am I going to hire a third party property management company? And so there are pros and cons. We've gone over it in multiple episodes. Just, Hey, obviously we we would love to manage your property, but we're only in Arizona and Texas right now. So you may even have a, Ask yourself, hey, maybe I'll manage one, but if I get more than one, I gotta, I gotta do it yeah. through a third-party manager. You know, I I've lived through it. I've been in real estate ever since I bought my first rental, and I self-managed for years. And I wish I could just get the time, yeah, <laughs> the time back. All I can tell you is I did not value my time like I do now. Back yeah. Then, right. And so it's like the time I spent chasing down rent and figuring out repairs and all of that stuff, I could have been either working and making more money than I was losing, right? Yeah. So there was an opportunity cost or I could have just spent time doing stuff I'd love doing with my family, my hobbies, you know, whatever it is. So sure. um, it really, as far as like an expense property management, whether it's us or somebody else, it's not that expensive as a percentage of rent. It's like you would, you know, it's like somebody managing your money you know, or your, your stocks or your managing anything. It's like there's fees involved, right? They do that as a service. So I would highly, highly recommend a third party manager. Obviously we would love to take your stuff on, but, um, a couple things that are difficult with self-managing is keeping up with landlord laws, fair housing laws,
0: changing all the time.
1: Yeah. Changing all the time. Like we go through an annual lease, um, review process where we'll work with our attorney, local leaders, you know, NARPUM and so forth and implement new changes in the lease. People that self-managed, you know, for the most part, they're kind of just like, no, I just have this blank lease I've had for like a decade. Yeah. You know, and it it doesn't address things with the new housing authority issues and section eight and bed bug stuff and medical marijuana or whatever those things are. And they're listening now going like, oh yeah, my lease doesn't have any of that stuff. And they've yeah. just been lucky, knock on wood, that they haven't had issues, right? So like a property management company, they're always reviewing their stuff. They're they're held to a higher standard than you are. <laughs> so, yeah. so that means your tenants are held to a higher standard, right, and and the vetting process, and it just being third party, you, you actually do have, um, some some assurances there if you live out of state at least in arizona if you live out of state you have to get, have a statutory agent a third party and we do that for people so we're their statutory yeah. agent at no additional cost and then we'll manage their property so and there, there's attorneys and firms that charge almost what we charge for our management fee just to be your statutory agent
0: that's <laughs> so why it's like
1: dude we'll we'll do that all in one so yeah um it actually came so like yesterday like two hours before we were prep we prepped like before the podcast, right? And like two hours before I get a maintenance request for a property. And I know the tenant, he's been there since when I was self-managing, right? So five or six, seven years ago, right? Moved in there and I got the maintenance request from our team here at the office. And they said, hey, these three things came in. And they're kind of like, ah, they're not even that big of a deal. Like I could do that. So dude, it it went through my head. Dude, I'm just going to sidestep this. I'm going to text the tenant directly. Hey, can you send me pictures? I'll stop by Home Depot after work. I'll do this. Like all this went through my head and then I like stopped and I'm like, dude, I pre- I need to practice what I preach more and be like, what is your time worth? Like yeah, you're, you're, absolutely. You're, you'll get home an hour later than you would have to Less see time your, with kids your kids and family. yeah family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for what? And I calculated. I'm like, I don't know to save tens of dollars (laughs) yeah you know versus sending uh, their little handyman things like i was like hey just have you know the servicing company we have most of our stuff just have them have them do it yeah they'll charge a service fee and they'll run to home depot for me and they'll install it and they'll do this but i'm like dude i just saved myself time and headache my property manager took care of it the tenant's happy because they got a response immediately rather than waiting for me to get off work. They would have been fine with it, but they're like, okay, yeah, you can come by at six or seven at night. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, I mean, that type of stuff. Do I save money? Hard cost? Maybe. Yeah. Do I save time? Absolutely not. So it's like, dude, what's your time worth? If your time's worth less than 50 bucks an hour or 25 bucks an hour, maybe it's worth worth it. But for me, it's not even monetary. It's just time. You can't get it back. So,
0: well, and, and. That's why we're, you know, saying like obviously there's a lot of people that successfully sa- self-manage. Absolutely, yeah. But you gotta factor. You have to ask yourself that question before you start Absolutely, because you yeah. gotta know you don't want to be, you know, six months in and be like, why am I painting a house on a Saturday instead yeah. of at my kid's baseball game? Oh, dude, I you said know. it
1: on this podcast a dozen yeah. times. Like, why am I painting this unit with my mom on a Saturday and my wife and kids are home? hanging out, you know, yeah, whatever. And
0: like, and you know, maybe yeah. that's fine for that person. And that's great. Just know that beforehand. Cause yeah. you don't want to be asking that question while you're doing
1: no, it. While I talk to people and say, I just tell them what my history is. And I said, don't do what I did. Yeah. <laughs> just and, and if you hire us, great. If you don't hire somebody else, but man, don't do it yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just, just know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, it's absolutely. not, you know, as simple as it sounds. Um, One of my neighbors, uh, self-manages a bunch and we used to um me and some other guys at the office here would go to the gym with him we would do like crossfit in the morning yeah. together and uh i knew he rented and matt friend of the pod is of course like you know smells blood in the water and yep. this guy's a self manager <laughs> so he's just kind of bringing it up every time we're working out and, and the guy goes you know i just i, I just want to save that money you know like i mean what what would i even be paying and monthly fees and we go 75 a property and he's like what (laughs) like he's like like, that's cheaper than this CrossFit membership (laughs) yeah literally like he could not believe you know like and it was because he hadn't looked into it yeah you know and I think he ultimately decided to keep self-managing Said, you know I kind of like it it's what I do this is my job
1: for a lot of people it's 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 therapy it's hey they're just they need to be have control of every single facet okay cool yeah. You know, and honestly, self-managers are comprised of like, I don't know, 60 or 70% of all landlords, right? Yeah. Nationwide in places like like uh, Phoenix and Dallas, where we are, there are a lot more property managers than self-managers, but it's like, no, it's it's a real thing and people are very good at it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But know I, that I'm beforehand, not, yeah, you I'm know, like it, tell
1: you yeah.
0: that. <laughs> you're better at spending time with your family, That's you funny. know? All right. So, we kind of mark those out as the the big three. Let's like kind of do a lightning round here and just what are some of the other questions that come up that you think about that someone should know and be asking themselves before they step into this landlord game?
1: Yeah. So one that uh that I've ran into is asking myself again, is it worth me just taking on the responsibility of either the pool and or landscaping and yeah. maybe even pest control? Different services for your property. Like I have one property that has lush landscape like it's a big lot with a lot of landscaping and a and a pool and it's like no i just as the landlord i i bought this property and the tenant had already lived there and he took care of the landscaping and pool but then every time something broke with the landscaping of the pool like i had to pay to repair it and i'm like wait you're taking care of it but i'm if i could just pay a service to take care of it then it wouldn't break as often and yeah i catch this stuff as it comes so i just found over time a pool is a no-brainer. The landlord should always, 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 always pay for the pool service. Yeah, um, It's an added bonus that they're the eyes and ears in your backyard every week, especially in Arizona. If you go a couple weeks without pool service in the summer, it turns green anyway. So Make it a like, so, so you got to have good service. If the tenant's taking care of it, is it rocket science to take care of a pool? No, but I, I built my own pool like, I don't know, seven years ago. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to save the money. Again, dude, don't, whatever you do, do not, (laughs) do not follow my example. But, you know, I would take care of it. And then we went on a trip or we were gone for the weekend or there's a big storm and I just neglected for three or four days. Boom, it's cloudy. It's, you know, it's green, whatever. It costs more to revitalize the pool than it would have pool service for like three months. (laughs) So it's like, dude, you'll never make your money back. Um, And then landscaping, it's just a case by case. But if it needs weekly mowing, annual biannual tree trimming you got palm trees i mean i'm thinking of this property and it's like dude you know what it's better for me it may not be cheaper but it is just better all around for me to include that in there so yeah that was the first question um the second one is asking yourself what happens if there's a major issue with and major issue may be maintenance related could be replacing an air conditioner could be replacing a roof it could be a flood a fire what happens? Do I have a slush fund? Okay. What what's my slush fund? Is it a mortgage payment plus one month's rent? Is it ten grand? Is it whatever it is? Um, as a rule of thumb, like you want to have three to six months reserved in cash, like available for that for that mortgage payment. Even if it's like a big insurance claim, you still have to carry your costs until yeah. the insurance r- refunds you some of it, right? So, even if you have loss of rents coverage, even if you have um, you know replacement coverage, all that, you've still got debt obligations you still have to make sure that your tenants are housed properly somewhere else and sometimes you've got to cover the difference right yeah um another question how do you want to structure the entity buying it so do you buy it in your personal name and then you can get a then you could just use your normal insurance broker to get your rental insurance landlord insurance sure or do i buy it in an llc or a trust and then i need business insurance yeah. Do I need an umbrella? Do I need different coverages for business, per, you know, business, personal, or my umbrella policy? So looking into that. And then uh, lastly, I put on here, what's the next step to invest for my first one or to add to my second one? Like, yeah. it, In my mind, if you buy a rental, it shouldn't just be like, sweet, I bought my rental, hands are clean. Yep. Because you're not going to be able to. If the idea is I'm going to retire off of it, you you're not going to be able to retire off just rent. Even if the property's paid off, it's like, okay, you get gross rent minus the management fee, minus property taxes, minus insurance, minus maintenance, minus pool service, minus, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're like, uh, just like your father-in-law. Yeah. It's like, yo, know, dude, I don't make money yet. Yeah. Until all these things are paid for and they're all rented, I might have a few good months.
0: <laughs> exactly. But
1: the property tax bill comes through and boom, you get you get hammered, right? So um, it's really what is the next step? The idea should be. Like when I was at the beginning of real estate, I was you know hungry and prices were a lot lower, but I was like, I'm going to buy one a year. Boom, boom, boom. And then that worked. And then I hit a roadblock where it's like, no, I can't get more than one a year right now. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and so you just want to have a plan for that. And what's next? How do you get your second? How do you get your third? How do sure. you, get, you know,
0: and just- if you are, if you're using a property management, a good one, they should be able to, oh, yeah. you know, we have a real estate, team here. Yep. Other property management companies is the same way. they should. You should be able to call them and say, hey, I want another property and they yeah. should be able to help you.
1: Yep. No. And I love those clients because it's usually they're, they're like, hey, I'm happy with your service. Everything's worked out great. How do I get another one? And yeah. it's a great conversation. And sometimes it's like, hey, you're not quite ready yet, but hey, go ahead and save, 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 save. And we'll, we'll have something teed up for you. you So if you do, if you are even looking for your first or to add a second, third, fourth to your current portfolio, yeah. no, call us. Like, I would love to talk to you myself. Like that'd be, that'd be awesome.
0: Well, and sometimes, um, just to cap it off here, we, when you have so many properties in management, sometimes somebody will say, Hey, I want to add another one. You say, Hey, I've got one that has tenants over here.
1: He wants to sell it. Hey, we've got tons of those. We call internally, we call them our pocket listings. Yeah. And they're tenant occupied, and the sellers are like, Hey, I want to sell, but I don't want to list it because I don't want to, my tenants have to deal with showings and yeah. stuff. So, when we do have another buyer comes in and said, Hey, I want a three bedroom, two bath in Gilbert, it's like, Oh, I have this three bedroom, two bath in Gilbert.
0: It's ready to go. Pair them
1: up, seller saves, you save, and you know, yeah. those, we, we can.
0: Learn something, some questions, ask yourself. Uh, That is it for us this time. So be sure to follow the show and leave us a five-star review if you can, wherever you listen, it really helps out. And we will see you guys next time.